what is going on out there, lacrosse fans and sports bettors alike. It's episode three of the Bet on Lacrosse show, and uh, this will be a little bit more, a little bit more of a bite-sized episode. As um, I'm sure you know by now, no games this coming weekend. Uh, we'll be having lacrosse coming back the weekend of the 25th in Baltimore. Thinking about even making the trek out to watch some of those games. Super excited, but we'll recap everything that took place here in week two. We'll talk about our picks last week. Of course, there's some wager woes to get into. And then we're going to talk a little bit more macro stuff. Kind of the uh, PLL futures market, some sports betting tips, and you know things that we can learn along the way. I'm Dan Newbert, and with me, as always, is the co-host. With the co-most, it's Dougie Fresh, Doug Greenberg. Douglas. How are you doing, my man? I'm good, bro. Uh, I'm doing pretty good, newbie. I uh, it was a, it wasn't the greatest week for me personally. You, you, my friend, you did very well. I mean, overall, great. I'm I'm good overall. Uh, I went to my first sporting event last night uh, right. since the pandemic started. I went to the White Sox game. It's pretty great. Made some money there on betting. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm doing good, man. And and I think um, that's something that we'll get into here a little bit. That um, that you know. Bad weeks, they hurt, but they're so much a part of sports betting. And the thing is, Doug, you probably know this uh, from being a better yourself, from being in this space for a while, that, um, you know, you never really remember the great wins, but those hard losses, you know, especially when we're in this public forum, we're giving out picks, you take them that much even tougher. You rarely remember the wins, but those losses, Doug, you will never forget. Yeah, it's uh, the the thing about, betting is you know a lot of the time in betting um what you want to do is you want to minimize your losses more so even than getting the wins which speaks to your point kind of you know that you're remembering the wins a little bit or you remember the losses a little bit more um because those losses you know by design hurt you more than the wins are going to help you so it's all about stringing together those wins and you can um minimizing the the losses when you have them minimizing the losing streaks when you have them you know playing the playing the right prices when you can uh even if they're at minus odds um so yeah it's you know it's just about uh, damage control is what it always comes down to and and being disciplined in the amount that yeah. you're getting. That's why we said week one, you know, we're learning. We're all learning here together. It's only the third season for the PLL. And um, anybody who purports to be an expert at this point, especially in the sports betting space, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's not feasible because there's not enough data for us. There's not enough that we've seen to learn. But, hey, you know, I, I have to get a little grandstanding and hot dogging in, as the great Randy Savage would say, because four and one against the spread in week one, four and one against the spread in week two so uh, i'll stick with the wrestling references and uh no i can't help it that i'm custom made i can't help i can't it. help it that i look good smell good Woo! can't dance all night long i can't help it you can never go wrong with some rick flair doug never oh my goodness Woo! i was not ready for, i was not ready for that one that's amazing I that's a, that's a deep cut right there. Even Hutton's loving it behind the board at Hutton Jackson. You can Woo! get it. Uh, <laughs> Woo with us, man. Uh, fun season thus far. How are you doing, Hutton? I'm doing well. And, uh, yeah, to your point, I, I think it's just kind of what we realized, too, when we had our first episode is we, we have eight new different teams here. You know, even knowing what some of these teams were last year, the genetic makeup of these teams is completely different going into the season. So that's why I think we were right to caution people, like, you know, maybe write down some bets before you play some. I didn't bet any actually this week at all. 
I wrote down a few, they didn't hit, but it's good for me to like, you know, as I'm kind of getting into the betting space, just know that, um, you know, be a little bit timid when you're first looking at some of these teams, we're starting to figure them out a little bit more. Again, it's the PLL. There's always going to be parody. There's always going to be upsets um, in close games, but um, I think we're starting to get a better sense of where teams are necessarily. Um, but I still think, you know, maybe we're a week or two away before we know if some teams are contenders or pretenders. So even going into Baltimore and long Island, you know, I would maybe, you know, caution to see, obviously we don't know the lines yet, but um, you know, just be, be cautious again with, you know, playing some of these games because, we still don't know these teams uh, super well. I, th- I think we're learning a little bit, but they're still still a long season. Tread yeah. lightly, I, I think, is uh, a definite takeaway for there. And uh, I- I'm right there with you and completely agree with you. Now, we'll, uh, we'll run down, you know, kind of what took place here in week two. Um, I also have some records, obviously, for the teams. And then they're against the spread record because I think – Um, when you look at sports through the prism of sports betting, you get to learn because basically what those numbers that you're looking at, Doug, when you have a two and a half point favorite, when you have a one and a half point underdog, you can refer to those as kind of expectations. You know what I mean? That's what the marketplace, that's what the bookmakers, the odds makers, and then the betting market expects to happen. And then you can kind of see, does a team exceed expectations and maybe the case of the cannons that we'll get into here in a little bit, or does a team fall below expectations and maybe a team like the Redwoods who constantly is favorites yet. They're struggling to cover some of those spreads. Um, Great week again, though, as as far as games went Uh, before we start getting into, um, you know, the records, the things of that sort, any takeaways that really stood out to you in week two. And and we'll start with you, Dougie fresh. Uh, Takeaways from week two, you know, it's obviously big. One of the biggest ones we're going to harp on probably is, um, kind of the and we talked about this pre-show but uh the the way that chaos has kind of come out here you know they're they're a team that should they should be so much better than they are but you know what what we were saying like about the genetic makeup of these teams right um chaos has always been has always had a great offense they've always had great goalkeeping but their defense always leaves something to be desired. It has for the last couple of years. And really they didn't do a whole lot in the off season to address those needs. And I think we're starting to kind of see that play out here. Um, you know, they, they let up a lot of goals to water dogs. They kind of let water dogs have their way with them offensively. Granted, they stuck around with them uh, for the most part, but they were favorites in that game. And as you said, newbie, they, they, they underperformed there. So, um, you know, I think, as we've had, as we've kind of had to wait and see for the first couple of weeks, I think in the same vein for chaos specifically, it might be a good, good call to see how they respond in the next couple of weeks, um, given everything that's happened with them. Um, so that, that's my, that's my first takeaway, but we can go, go more into it. Yeah, and before we get down here with the records, we also have Hutton with us here. You just heard him a little bit ago. He, alongside Adam Moore, hosts Pro Lacrosse Talk. So if you want some more uh, deeper dives on how they viewed the start of the PLL season through two weeks, head on over and check out Pro Lacrosse Talk. It's a terrific show. I love listening to it every week. I learn so much. Great guests on there as well. So if you want a deeper dive, check that out. But Hutton, maybe just on the surface, some things that kind of stood out to you as we're two weeks into the season. And I saw somebody tweet out that it's like, 33 percent of the season is already done or something like that that's that that makes me want to cry a little bit Hutton but I'm also not good at percentages at all so that could be completely false but any takeaways for you uh two weeks here into the PLL season 
Well, first, thank you for the flattering comments about PLT. Um, definitely check out our interview with Ryan Brown. You know, you come for the the pro guests, and then maybe you stay a little bit for Adam and my analysis. But um, yeah, kind of along the same lines as Doug. I mean, we kind of hit on the the chaos a lot on our podcast, um, and I just think you're looking at these teams, and to your point, we are pretty close to the you know end of the season in terms of like you know we're we're almost a third of the way through already. So these teams are going to have to make some moves. I don't think there's really a lot to be had on the trade market. I think the teams that are really good aren't going to move any pieces, and the teams that are really bad aren't going to convince anybody to move pieces for them. So maybe you look at some teams, pick some players off the player pool. But in terms of betting, um, yeah, I, I think you kind of, you know, there's there's three groups of teams right now. There's teams, you know, maybe like the Cannons that you're confident in betting on against the spread chaos you don't really want to touch at all until you see what happens and then there's a bunch of that gray area that you know you really have to see based on the matchups and these lines whether you're going to take them even teams that are you know historically good like the archers and the whip snakes that are 2-0 and right now you know whips didn't cover this this week um archers have covered this week but again they're still you know have a little bit to be desired in terms of keeping letting teams kind of hang around a little bit so um that you know they smoked the atlas in week one kind of let the chaos hang around and actually we're down at one point um, before coming back and, and, you know, having a pretty solid victory, but you know, those teams, I wouldn't, you know, may, I would still stay away from, whereas in terms of like, you know, on the PLT podcast, there's still are two of our top teams, you know, that we're looking at. So I think sports betting, you got to kind of, again, take a different lens when you're looking at sports betting on the PLL as when you're just comparing teams, win loss records. As it pertains to sports betting, it's, you want to, you know, uh, you're, you're betting on the team. You're not betting on their record you know, effectively, like you're just saying. So, you know, you'll have these preconceived notions about teams and it's all about adjusting those prior notions um, as the season's going on, rather than letting what happens in the season dictate how you feel about a team. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing. You have to be fluid if you want to be a winning sports better. You can't be Mr. Hot Take and wanting to stick with that take the whole entire season just so you can say, hey, I was right. Guess what? I told you all in the beginning of the season. Sure, you may be right in the end, but you're probably going to lose a lot of money along the way. So I, I think some great points that both of you guys bring up there. He's Doug Greenberg at Doug Greenberg on Twitter. Hutton Jackson, you can get him at Hutton Jackson. I'm Dan Newbert at Newbie Talks. And you can follow everything that goes on at lax playground so uh guys i guess we'll we'll start by running down just what the standings are looking at and then comparing them at the ats records how these teams have done against the spread because as we mentioned those spread numbers are kind of the expectations what the betting market what the bookmakers think is going to happen and then um how those kind of play themselves out so on the top of your league standings you have archers lacrosse club who is two and oh one of the only undefeated teams they and the whip snakes however you look at the scoring differential and the archers have just been blowing people out you know it was kind of in jeopardy early in the game down big against chaos and then when they start hitting they don't stop hitting. I mean, they are just unreal, and they have been rewarded with a 16-goal differential. They're outscoring opponents by 16 goals. Whip Snakes not doing bad, but that gets dwarfed when you look at them outscoring opponents by seven. They only beat the Cannons by one goal, and it took overtime to do it. What a heck of a game there. You got the Redwoods at 2-1. and one. Uh, Water Dogs coming with a 2-0 and o weekend in Atlanta. They'll probably be asking for that to be their home stadium, as they're now 2-1. and one. Atlas with a nice 
win against the spread and straight up as a two and a half point dog. They beat the Redwoods. Atlas moves to one and one, despite the fact that they still are negative in their scoring differential because that absolute lick that Archers put on them. You have the Cannons at one and two, who I want to get to in just a second, because sure, the overall record might be one and two, but it's quite the different story against the spread at three and oh. And then you have the two teams still looking for their first win in the Chrome and the Chaos. Chaos coming in at minus 12 on the scoring differential. So the numbers are saying that they're struggling. The eyes are saying that they're struggling and them against the spread too. They have not been a favorite yet. And yet they are two and a half point dogs. Uh, You know, they're two and a half point dogs. Again, uh, they're they're one and a half point favorites. I know that the chaos water dogs line kind of flipped, but they opened as underdogs in that game. They closed as favorites and they didn't cover regardless either way there so before i throw it back to you here doug i'll just run down these ats records real quick you have the cannons at the top of the ats standings as they have covered every game that they have played they've been one and a half point underdogs they won one of those outright and they've covered the spread each and every time that is a team that i am looking to play on as the season continues they're only going to get better i think as they're gelling archers two and oh and two and oh against the spread as one and a half point favorites and as two and a half point favorites they might be the first team that we end up seeing a three line on I don't think it'll be happening in week three but this is a team who can score and who can score in bunches water dogs two and one as we said overall two and one against the spread as well whip snakes despite being two and oh are one and one against the spread Atlas are one and one against the spread, including an outright winner as a two and a half point dog against the Redwoods. Speaking of the Redwoods, two and one, but really struggling to cover the spread at one and two. Oh, and two are the Chrome against the spread and oh, and three are the chaos. So any of those numbers surprise you, Doug? They sound kind of right because I think you and I both think, um, you know, sure, the Cannons aren't winning the games with regularity, but they're a team who's in every single game. When I look at those ATS numbers, that's probably the one that stands out to me that they're unblemished. Maybe we'll see them as a favorite this coming week, depending on that, uh, because they've just continued to cover spreads. Any thoughts, Doug? Well, you know, as they say, good teams win, great teams cover, right? Uh, You know, Cannons only are one and two uh, on their straight up record. But as you said, they're they're three and oh against the spread. And we, the thing about this team is we wondered what this team was going to look like they were obviously the biggest question mark coming into the season considering they were a completely newly constructed team but they have the best player in the world and and when you have Lyle Thompson you know arguably the best player in the world you know we'll disclaim that I guess but when you have Lyle Thompson you're you're automatically going to be um you know uh I, I don't want to say a contender but you're going to be up there for sure and so Cannons are at one and two their their score differential is four which is super super interesting like that is also what makes them an outlier in the bottom of the standings because you know even though they're under 50 percent or they're under 500 for their record uh when you look at the teams around them atlas is minus nine chrome is minus eight and chaos is minus 12 and they're rocking that four score differential um you know they they obviously really really stand out there um and and it's obviously a team that you're going to want to look at in terms of betting the rest of the season but I would just, you know, have a little bit of caution with that because, you know, you want to make sure you're playing them. You know, I don't know that they're an autoplay on anything. Um, I would just, I would make sure to look at those lines. Um, Archers, by the way, just the one thing that blows my mind about them is not only do they have 
easily the best score differential in the league. They've been really, really great on the defensive end. And we always knew that archers had, had great offense, but they've allowed 14 goals this year. Only that's by far the least in the league. It's seven less than whip snakes, which we, you know, we know that whip snakes is one of the best, arguably the best defensive team in the league. So for archers um, to only let up 14 goals and granted, you know, it's, I, I don't have the point, the per game numbers on that, but um, it's still a very impressive, you know, only seven goals per game. Um, you know, it, it makes you, it makes anyone who's holding an archers futures ticket right now, has got to be feeling pretty good about them. Um, you know, I think they're looking like the best candidate to take down whips, but again, as we, as we mentioned in this league, it's, it's a still a very small league. There's a lot of parity. Um, anything can happen going forward. Yeah, I think a huge part of that has just been Adam Gittleman and goal for the Archers. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has made some absolutely incredible saves that have been super impressive to me. Um, So now we're looking at it through more of like a a sports betting prism. Um, You know, Hutton, for you, anything that stands out, you know, when you see those ATS records, I think, again, you know, sure, Archers, it speaks for itself. They're covering numbers, even with being big favorites on the spread. Um, Anything that stands out to you just from the specific sports betting aspect of this, while I understand uh, you're not not putting any money on these games, we continue to ask you, well, Hutton, what are your picks? We got to have your picks. So uh, so your thoughts on the sports betting side of things before we uh, keep moving on here. Well, first, I want to give a shout out to the defensive coordinator for the Archers, Tony Resch, because I I love giving him some love. He has 11 pro titles, both in the box and field game, just recently was announced to the U.S. Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Um, So he's a Philly guy, born and bred, too. So, you know, goes into that with you, Dan. But, um, you know, shout out to him. The fact that he's, you know, taken different looking Archer's defense, and obviously they have some tremendous pieces now, adding Graham Hossick and Warren Jeffrey this offseason. But, um, you know, different looking defenses in the past three years, and they're still always, it seems, at the top of the league and goals allowed. Uh, you know, shout out to him. But from the sports betting side, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. Um, I, I think it's important too, like, you know, to still have some caution, even with the cans, like Doug said, because, you know, if they do get a line where they're the favorites, you know, are they going to cover, you know, that's a good question. I I like them now as the underdogs because they seem to cover even in games that they aren't winning, but um, you know, that might fluctuate a little bit where they are the favorites going into some of these games. And we just got to, you know, make sure even though they've been looking good against the spread so far that that's, you know, subject to change based on what they're getting in the the books. So um, that's really my biggest takeaway from, from that, from the betting angle. So last thing before we get to uh, everyone's favorite where we complain about our bets who lost, actually it kind of ties in on that because um, you and I both, we end up with, uh, with a loser due to the Redwoods and, you know, coming into the Redwoods game, uh, you like them on the spread minus two and a half. I love them as one of my legs in my, my EMO parlay, which again, I I never suggest betting parlays. It's an insanely uh, negative expected value kind of, kind of play. And, you know, sports betting is, is more of a marathon than it is a sprint. So, you know, you gotta, gotta keep doing your research, keep, uh, you know, trying and the easy wins when they're giving you this crazy plus money. A lot of the time it's because that expected value is, is so low. It's less likely to end up happening, but the woods, as we mentioned, sure they're two and one, but they're one and two against the spread. This is a team as we move forward, I think is always going to be around that championship conversation, but when they're laying two and a half goals, even if they're laying one and a half goals, unfortunately, it seems like this is the team with one of the highest variances in this league where when they're good, they're great. But when they're struggling, 
they really let some teams hang around where they where they maybe shouldn't. They may be missing some spots. They just look tired this past weekend in Atlanta, which is understandable. You know, two games the weekend prior. So the thing with Redwoods is I love them as a squad. You know that I gave them out as my championship pick, as my hot take to start off the, uh, the, the bet on the cross show. But this is a team through two weeks. Again, it's, it's not, you know, end all be all. But through two weeks, the Woods are a team who I have some concerns about their ability to cover spreads. Maybe not win games outright, even though they cost me this week. But um, there's a the team that seems like they have a little bit more higher variance. You write about things like that in your rundown call you call them on a weekday basis, you know, on a, on a, on a daily basis about trying to find some of these spots where maybe there's these teams that the perception is, Oh, they're, they're, they're roll woods. They're rolling all over everyone. When the reality is telling you they're one and two against the spread, they're struggling to cover games here. You know, great team. Don't get me wrong, Doug, but maybe not a team who you want to be pulling the rubber band off and getting crazy when they're laying some points. Yeah. uh, You know, this, this loss was definitely a little bit troubling for them because honestly, my play last week on them uh, on that minus two and a half was as much of a fade on Atlas as it was um, a play on Redwoods. And because, you know, I haven't had a lot of confidence in Atlas, but I I think, you know, it's another lesson that we can learn about betting in this league, which is, and we keep bringing it up, is is the parody in this league. You know, none of these teams are bad, right? Like there's only eight teams in this league and this is all the best lacrosse players that the world has to offer. Um, So none of these teams are bad per se. Like Atlas is not a bad team. They still have, uh, Trevor Baptiste at the stripe and and you know he held his own against TD Erland who's who's fantastic and um you know Atlas you know they well also to be fair and this is another thing that threw this game off as well was Jack Concannon was incredible in that game and and I tweeted I even tweeted about it I was like well I did not account for Jack Cannon Jack Concannon going absolute god mode you know when I was when I was uh, handicapping this game. I mean, he just made some unbelievable saves. And I will say it makes Atlas kind of a wild card because I noticed this last year too, when I was covering PLL that Jack Concannon, he's, he's a, a fine goalie. Most of the time, not the greatest, not the worst, but every so often he will just have one game where he is unbelievable. Yeah. And we got that in week two against Redwoods. Um, you know, Atlas has got whip snakes next week. That's a, a tougher test, but you just, you just never know when, when God mode Jack Concannon is going to show up. Um, but going back to Redwoods, I guess is, is, yeah, it's they're they're top to bottom, a team that absolutely should be doing well here and there, uh, or, you know, throughout the season, but you know, they, they've always, they, they've never really taken that next step and we haven't really seen that from them yet. Um, so I don't know. They're, they're one of those teams that I would be hesitant to bet on, especially in the, in the coming weeks, but, uh, you know, chaos, I think is going to be a trickier matchup for them than, than it initially appears. And we'll get more into this next week, but, um, you know, I, I would definitely proceed with caution with woods going forward. Yeah. I think some great points that you make there, which, uh, rolls in perfectly to the woes. Yeah. It's a part of sports betting, folks. You're going to lose. You're probably going to lose more than 50% of the time if you're not uh, you know, really doing your due diligence and having some, uh, some good discipline. Uh, again, just because a game's on TV doesn't mean you have to have action on it. But uh, 
There were some folks who thought maybe the Cannons could pull it off against the Whips, and you had a great video. You can find it on social media at Bet on Lacrosse. But uh, the the wager well for this week was the people who were bold enough to take the Cannons on the money line. Huge props to you standing in front of the train. As I'm the uh, the Whip Snakes martyr, I guess where I'll, I'll stand in front of the train and and fade the Whip Snakes for the folks because no one else will do it and, and and you see why i mean it's just it's it's not uh it's not you know uh just being a homer or anything like that it's being smart I, I mean the whips are just an incredible team that that offense is unreal defense terrific in my opinion probably the the best goaltender in burn lore the most consistent goaltender i guess you could say he's never really having any of those games where he kind of looks lost which is just nature of the game when when teams are hitting at times but uh you know those those were bold enough Hard to call it a full-on wager woe, but it does hurt when you get to overtime and uh, and you just can't quite get it done. But if you back them on the spread, hey, you're feeling a lot better. But uh, always fun doing the wager woes. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the lamenting of the losses sometimes is just as fun as some of the wins. It's just when you lose the money that's, that's, that's not so great. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and sometimes you'll get – You'll get one of those those beats that's just like hilariously bad. And all you can do is laugh about it. And in this situation with cannons, this is one, I feel like this one would just hurt a lot more. If you, it, like I said, if you had the, you know, cojones to take cannons on the money line, taking them that plus one and a half would have been a very sharp play. Um, but if you were really like, yeah, cannons can do it. They can take down whips, a team that hasn't lost in over a year, like, or almost two years or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, that, that hurts know you were that close and fall just short oof that's don't wish that on anyone that that's not funny as you said in your wager woes video um you know almost well it's not going to cash those slips folks you're not going to be cashing tickets with almost but hey you have a funny story to tell your buddies to tell your friends there was an almost wager woe for over betters on the chaos water dogs game we'll get into why it was an almost wager woe after we step aside we're going to talk about how these totals have been set if that's going to be adjusted by DraftKings, if that's going to be staying the same because if you haven't been paying attention you may have won some bets you thought you lost you may have lost some bets you thought you won. So stick with us. We'll talk a little bit about the total market and we'll run down just some macro thoughts on the PLL futures before we get at, get you out of here on episode three of bet on lacrosse. Man, I'll tell you who's ever doing that anchor read incredible stuff. I mean, just, just, just truly amazing. So uh, cool. <laughs> we'll run down here and uh, and get you go folks out of here. No best bets this week. No EMOs other than have a terrific Father's Day weekend. Uh, that's all we got for you. But um, how DraftKings sets their totals? This uh, kind of became a, a hot topic, so to speak, on the uh, on, on the on the interwebs, on social media, on Twitter. Uh, a bunch of people talking about how um hey and you know. Not to pat ourselves on the back, but we kind of mentioned it. We kind of put it out there that um, folks pay attention to verbiage, especially in sports betting. I mean, you should always be taking care with what you're saying, but as far as sports betting, it can be the difference between winning your bet and losing your bet. And we want to be winning those bets way more than losing them. So the thing is folks, if you, if you didn't see it yet and always check us out on Twitter at bet on lacrosse, we're getting you the latest info as it pertains to sports betting in this lacrosse space. But um, DraftKings sets their totals based on goals. If you go to the app, you look at how they're set. It says goals, not points. 
Now, maybe part of that's because points could be assists, could be goals. That's that's the verbiage. It's the same kind of verbiage in 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 hockey, which you know, little head scratching. But it's set on goals, not points. So, um, for example, if you look at as we mentioned before, we stepped aside there in the Chaos Water Dogs game. If you saw the score in the fourth quarter, or if you were listening to the broadcast on iHeart, um, you assume that the over already hit with 731 left in the game because, oh, okay, it went over that 20 and a half. It went over um, whatever it closed at, that 19, that 20, regardless. Um, however, five of the goals in that game, this was like the, the worst case scenario potentially for, uh, for the books as five of those goals were two-pointers. So that total was under because they were only counting the goal. The ball went in the ball. The, the ball went in the net only one time, which meant that was one goal. They have not yet, changed the verbiage to say that two pointers are worth two goals as, as, as the way it's written, um, whether that will change, that's something that we'll keep our eyes on, but um, you know, it, it was, it was definitely a close call and the almost worst case scenario. But I think Doug, this is a perfect teaching example of why you have to really be paying attention to what that fine print kind of is. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, and I agree with you. I think that we definitely do. You definitely do need to pay attention. Uh, you are in charge of your money. DraftKings, whatever book you're using, they're not in charge of your money. Um, at, at the same time, uh, you know, I, I think at least after, you know, going into week one at the ver- at the bare minimum, I don't know that there would have been any expectation from anyone that it would have been anything besides points. Um, so I don't really know what went into the decision to do this. Um, and especially because, you know, for whoever is grading it, um on the sports book side i mean they it's more it's more work for them they don't even have to they can't even just look at the final score and figure out what it is they have to look at like okay well i subtract one point for each two pointer that kind of thing and um you know it, it's hopefully something that they're going to fix because um i think it's more in the spirit i don't think it's in the spirit of the game in order to have the totals be based on the goals rather than the points. You know, we, we use this analogy all the time in basketball. It's not according to the baskets. It's according to the number of points. There are two pointers. There are three pointers. There are free throws that are one point. Um, You know, same thing in football. It's, you you know, it's not the number of touchdowns you get. It's the number of uh, it's the number of points you get. It's, you know, there are field goals, there are touchdowns, there are two point conversions, whatever you want to say. And to be fair, lacrosse and the PLL specifically um, is more unique than all the other sports in this sense because it is a goal sport, right? So hockey is a goal sport. Soccer is a goal sport. Those are the, the, and there are no two pointers in hockey. There are no two pointers in soccer. So, you know, it's just the number of goals you score in hockey and soccer is the number of points that it is. Um, but lacrosse is different. It's, it's, there are two pointers that exist in the PLL. Um, and, and, and so it's definitely something that I think that the books will need to adjust to, but for the time being, and then again, stay up with us uh, on, on social media and we'll let you know as this situation changes. But for now, you know, we got to just assume it's going to keep being goals for the time being um, and, and just, and, and just be wary of that kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, we, we have tried to be a little bit more 
proactive. Um, actually, a huge shout out to my buddy Ben Porter lives down in Philadelphia. He works with Camby, who is uh, a line making. Um, they basically affiliate with uh, with all these different sports books. They kind of make the lines and then uh, they adjust them as is. But reached out to him and was just kind of asking him, "Hey, you know, this is a little bit head scratching for betters, and as people are new to betting and and new to lacrosse betting, especially, um, you know, having it be a little bit more straightforward uh, would definitely be helpful." So uh, so he reached out and. Uh, we will keep you posted, but uh, something to definitely watch for as these lines come out. And we'll let you know at bet on the cross on Twitter, um, you know, if they do change how it's written, that goals are whatever the accrued total is, whatever the accrued points are for the goal, meaning that a two point goal is going to be worth two goals. And also just a sports betting uh, point here. Um, some people refer to totals as over unders. Um, there's a bunch of different ways that you can, you can refer to them as, but I basically refer to them as total. And what that means is that it is the total amount of points that is scored in the game between the two contestants. And uh, some people say it's the over it's the under because typically the bet that you're having on totals is will this uh, go over? Will there be more goals or more points scored than this total is set or will it go under? So that's why, uh, you know, Know, some people refer to them as over-unders. Some people refer to them as totals. They're all the exact same thing. Before we get you out of here for the week, folks, uh, PLL futures. Now, the future market has been one of the more fluid markets. You know, you change, you, you check it after the weekend's games, and you're seeing maybe some folks getting a little extra love, some teams getting some extra love, uh, some of them dropping down. Um, you know, really, the one constant has been the whip snakes have remained the favorite. Uh, Archers kind of catching up on their their heels a little bit now. Archers at plus three forty. Um, Cannons getting a little bit more love at plus four hundred as well. So I'm just wondering, as you look at this futures market, uh, any value that you're seeing, any things that make you kind of scratch your head, um, anything that just kind of stands out to you? Because I'll be honest, Doug. As far as betting futures, once the season kind of starts, um, I, I don't really find much value in, in those uh, in those markets. I'm not going to be putting any money on the Chrome at plus 13. I'm not going to be putting any money on the Water Dogs, even though that would be a fun ticket at plus 1,200. Um, mid-season attacking the futures market, anything that stands out to you, any maybe ways that you kind of look at it, ways that you attack it, my man? Yeah, so I, I think that in my in my evaluation right now whip snakes and archers are i think way better than everybody else that's that's kind of how it looks right now um it looks like one of those two guys are going to win the are going to win the championship again and and that is not in any way shape or form a sure thing at all um but that's definitely the way it looks like they are they are definitely the two most deserving favorites here um i thought that archers should actually be you know, maybe have a little bit of shorter odds. They're currently a plus 340. I would have put them maybe around plus 250, a little, maybe even a little lower than that. Um, so there's maybe a little value on archers, but you're not getting the same value that you got before the season. So it's probably not worth it. Um, cannons have made an unbelievable jump. Uh, you know, they opened this, they opened, I think at 20 to one or whatever it was. And then they jumped up to 10 and one after they got a lot of action preseason and now they're and now they're third the third best odds at four to one um you've you've probably missed the train on the on the value there and like i said it's going to be really hard to bit beat whips and archers so um I, I probably wouldn't bother with that one either the the one the two like at the bottom of the list so you were talking about water dogs i did take a future on water dogs pre-flop i probably got the worst value possible on them you know it happens whatever yeah. 
it happens. It, it happens. I'm I'm fine with that. I still like what they're doing uh, with the water dogs. They definitely had a much they had a much better week too. Obviously, um, you know, maybe beat up on some teams that uh, are not as good. I guess. Um, but the fact that they're still getting twelve to one is really interesting to me. And if you still believe in water dogs, then now's a good time probably to hop on them. However, I, I don't understand them being longer longer shots for the championship than atlas that that personally makes no sense to me um you know as we've said i i'm fading atlas a lot this year um but they're at 10 to 1 right now and that's just i don't really get it um i always say that they're the closest thing to a rebuilding team in this league um which obviously they're not they you know they got a good win uh, you know credit where it's due they got a great win this week and that's probably um what bumped their odds up a little bit I don't personally see the value in taking Atlas. I don't see them winning the league. Um, so, but it's just, for me, it's more just a little surprising that they have shorter odds than water dogs right now. Yeah. I, I found that a little bit head scratching too. And as far as, you know, the future market goes, like I said, unless it is something that's like 10 to one odds, sure. You know, I made the hot take on Redwoods plus plus four fifty. That was more of uh, of having a little fun here to start off the, uh, the PLL season much more than, you know, diving in because I don't want the book holding on to my money for the whole entire season where that's money that I could be betting uh, because it's all about your bankroll management. It's about making sure that you're not expending too much money where you shouldn't. And it's all about trying to basically have a budget, have a finance for trying to be a profitable sports better as the year goes on. I would much rather if I have a team like the water dogs that I, that I want to play on sure 1200, that's enough to maybe give me a sprinkle on it or something. But in the case of the cannons at plus 400 cannons are three and zero against the spread. Would I much rather be betting them every single week as an underdog and continuing to build my bankroll than putting a hundred dollars on them to win the championship and sure getting $400 that they end up doing that, but that's a hundred dollars of your bankroll. That's now tied up that you can't be betting because it's sitting there in that futures market. So that's just the kind of way that I attack futures. I, I think they're really fun to kind of look at maybe the perception of the league, but as far as betting them, I just don't want the book holding on to my money that long, Doug. It's, it's, it's that simple. Like I want to be betting that money. I don't want it to be sitting there while they're just saying, ha ha ha, you may end up getting this needle in a haystack and I'll give you four to one odds. You can make more money just betting on the team that you really like. If the odds are kind of, kind of short like that, you know what I mean? I do. And I, I'm not crazy into doing futures, but for me, it's more like I've got to be, I got to find someone that I really like. And to be honest, like, yeah, my water dogs play was probably, more just out of the the need to have fun than to be smart. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll say that I'll own up to it, but I'm going to be pretty happy if they do cash. Um, but what I will say is when you find the right situation, um, like I'll just take an example that I have in hockey right now. I, I have the, I had the Vegas golden Knights. I took them um, something somewhere between like seven and nine to one. I think I got them at seven to one um, near the beginning of the season. And, you know, they were one of the bigger favorites, but in the NHL, there's so many more teams and, you know, Vegas is two series away from winning the Stanley Cup, and they got a big win last night. Um, so there's there's an argument to be made if you really like a future and you really think there's a team out there that um, is a match for you, then, uh, you know, power to you. By all means, take them. That's Dougie Greenberg. He's coming back with a vengeance as we move in to week three, and uh, we continue to have some fun here 
on the Bet on Lacrosse podcast. That's a wrap for us, folks. We want to remind you, we have our Moneyline hotline bling up and running. So you can actually call that number, check it out in the description, and either ask us for some betting advice, give us maybe a wager well, or, you know, Tell yourself a little bit. Let us know. Maybe you were like five and one to start off the season. Let us know on the money line hotline. We would love to hear about it. We're also now on Apple podcasts. So if you've enjoyed this episode, drop us a five-star review. Let us know your thoughts on the show, what we could be doing better, what you like that we're doing. And also if you're hitting bets after listening to us, you got to drop us a line at bet on lacrosse on Twitter. We'd love to see some reviews on Apple podcasts. Cause that's going to help us move up the charts and continue to bring a show on a weekly basis. So those five-star reviews are so appreciated. Would love to see some of them. Maybe we'll even have a, a contest maybe further down the line or something. We'll, we'll, we'll work on it, but folks, as always, make sure you hit that subscribe button, share the pod with your fellow betting friends. Join us every week as we bet on the cross and we make some money for the boys at Hutton Jackson behind the board at Doug Greenberg, Dougie fresh, that co-host with the co-most I'm Dan Newbert. Get me on Twitter at newbie talks, and we will talk to you in week three with a full rundown of the betting board. Have a terrific father's day weekend, everybody.